This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. All right, we're back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. It's almost game day in Cincinnati. Just a couple days from a beautiful game at Paycor Stadium. Cincinnati versus the Atlanta Falcons, both 3-3 three and three on the season. Going to get to a few more of your questions before we move on to preview and prediction. All right, so Dylan Commissar, hopefully I said that right. You can at me, Bengals underscore Sands, if I did not. Why do you think they're using uh, Osai as a three-tech on pass rushdowns? He's flashed a couple times. I just figured they'd kick Hubbard inside and let Osai run the arc. So I think Osai, even in college, used to play really tight to the tackle. And I I wanted to see him out wide, but whenever he's in a <laughs> really nerdy thing, but I guess whenever I see him in a two-point stance, he seems to take a false step first. So I don't know if they want him in those two-point stances out wide. So I think that's one issue. He's doing a good job on the inside too. So I think it's fine to leave him inside. Um, I do think Hubbard could also kick inside. The only guy I don't think I'd want to go inside is Hendrickson. And maybe they feel like Osai should play off the off of the defensive right, offensive left side, kind of like how Hendrickson always plays over there. And they're saying, well, we don't want Hendrickson to go inside. And Osai, you're competent and good as an interior pass rusher, so why don't you do that? Maybe he hasn't developed the other side. You know, Maybe his moves are just slightly off because it is opposite steps and trying to time that stuff up, opposite arms for your moves, everything like that. So that's my guess. Uh, but, yeah, I do think that he should – I would just send him over on Hubbard's side once in a while and just uh, let Hubbard go inside. I don't know. If it was me, I'd, I'd have him move around. But the Bengals aren't as big of a proponent as moving their defensive linemen as I would be. We'll end it on this question, and then we'll give our prediction for the game. It says, Brian says, looking at the progression of the offense, do you think they have figured things out on the offensive side of the ball? From your film review, what has the defense been doing to play such a, at a high level? And what was the problem with the run defense versus the Saints? I mean, we did talk about some of the injuries that they currently have right now. And, of course, DJ Reader's not out there. So let's mainly focus on the offense. Did they figure things out? Yeah, and I've been saying that. I think they're figuring things out. And then last week, I think, was the – actual turning of the light like the Ravens game felt like they started to get it and then they still went because to me it's like what we talked about that shotgun and versus under center the under center stuff's just not working so just scrap it and try to build an entire offense out of shotgun and they kind of did it in the Ravens game but they'd still go under center and then this past week they're just like we're not going under center unless we're going to need to sneak or do something like that now I guess eventually you need to break the tendency of every time we go under center we're sneaking the ball but <laughs> um I don't think that I, I think that as a base offense, what they do from the shotgun is really coherent. And um, that's what I imagine as the Bengals offense for the future. 
And I know you watch the film review. We normally get that on Tuesday's podcast. Uh, the mic'd up was was really good. I, I laugh every time you get to watch the footage of that. Obviously, it's better after a game. Jamar Chase was mic'd up. And one of the things that I feel like stood out was he went over to Zach Taylor at the end of the game on the sideline and said, just great game plan, Zach. That was a great game plan. And, and Zach didn't want to take credit for it. He was obviously like, yeah, you know, great job. Um, over the last couple of weeks, and I know how people feel, I've always said this, when you lose, everything is magnified. If something doesn't work, it's the worst call that you could possibly make on a goal line. Um, but other than that, Zach bounced back. How do you feel about him and the play calling from this past week? Yeah, like I said uh, initially, I was like, I, I, didn't, I didn't remember any play calls that were something egregious or something like that. Like even the play to Mixon, uh, the throw in the back of the end zone to him, I think that was more of a Burrow mistake because uh, he thought they were running a, a coverage where the corner was going to sink down because I think it was Chase on the out route. It, they run this concept all the time. There's an out from the inside, then just a, a fade outside release go on the outside. So the idea is a lot of times – uh, defenses will have in uh, like a cover two, they'll have that corner trap the out and try to jump it for a pick. So instead of uh, jumping it or trapping that out, he just hung with Mixon and kept sinking vertically. And I think when Burrow threw it, he was just like, oh, <laughs> I, I, like I, even as he's throwing, he's like, I got to put a little extra on this. I didn't know that corner was going to run with him because he's throwing with anticipation as if the corner is going to fall down and then the safety is going to try to get over the top, but he won't make it there in time. Um, so just a slight misread on that one. I don't know if that was so much on Taylor. And then he, the next play call was one of my favorites with the levels concept. So uh, I don't recall too many issues with the play calling. And I definitely don't recall any serious issues like time management or anything like that, or a mischallenged flag. I don't know. I thought Zach Taylor did a good job. All right, we'll move on. Preview prediction time. Again, both are three and three on the season. We've just said it for a couple weeks, or at least I felt this way, that the Falcons are scrappy. And I wouldn't call it a trap game because I hate that word. But this game isn't going to be easy for this team. We've already talked about it, getting off to a fast start, being able to stop the run game for the Falcons. What is going to happen on Sunday? Will Cincinnati have their first winning record of the season? So you say the Falcons are scrappy. 100%. I think they're scrappy. They are six and zero against the spread. Did you know that? Oh, this is what I don't like about the spread. <laughs> they also, they shouldn't have covered against the Buccaneers, but the Buccaneers had like this weird fourth quarter collapse where they just gave up fourteen straight points or didn't do anything on offense. So that was a weird one. So they probably should be five and one, but they're they're six and zero against the spread, and they just killed the 49ers. Uh, at least it felt that way. The one by 14. Um, with that in mind, I think this game will be, yes, Nick, good teams win, but great teams cover the spread. Uh, I, with, with all this in mind, I think this will be an annoying game, but I would be surprised if the Bengals lost, if that makes sense. I think the Bengals will win, but I think it'll be fairly close. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if the Bengals lost because they do have a recipe to annoy this team with Grady Jarrett dominating on the interior on these passing downs. The Bengals can't run the ball because, you know, whatever. It's only been two weeks where they've run it really well. And then uh, on defense, the Falcons get out to an early lead and just pound the rock. So if that happens, that's the recipe for the Bengals loss. But I think most other ways the Bengals find a way to win this game. I am going to go with 31-27, which is the Falcons covering the spread. Uh, but the Bengals win. 
Yeah, for some reason, I think as long as this game doesn't turn out to what the Cleveland home game last year looked like, this was before the bye when they lost two games really badly going into the bye week, and that's obviously leaves a bad taste in your mouth. I know this isn't the last game into the bye, but I think as long as it doesn't turn into one of those or just mistakes, 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 and then Chubb can run the ball all he wants. I know they're not playing the Browns right now, but it was just a similar, I felt like game plan where they just looked sloppy early in the game. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and then obviously Baker Mayfield played his face off. So looking at this game, I think as long as you don't see that and just early mistakes get off to a fast lead, the Bengals win. I'm not giving them 30 but I think it's going to be close to that. I'll say 27, 20. Um, when you say it's going to be an annoying game, it's they've done that to me my whole entire life. They have those games where they're just annoying games that, you know, you should, you should score your opportunity to score in the red zone. You kick the field goal. You don't kick the field goal. Something happens. You lose three games by a score of two or three and three. Um, they've done that this whole entire season uh, when they, when they've fallen, but, it's so up and down, and I agree with you. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost, but this should be a game. You're finally back home. You have that home crowd, as I mentioned before. Well, there's not going to be a factor at all. I think if you can stop the run, uh, put points up the, on the board early, put points on the board, you know, that would be helpful if you wanted to win a football game, scoring a lot of points. Um, so I'm going to go, yeah, 27-20. So you have the Bengals covering, six-and-a-half-point spread. I don't Lindsay want to because the Bengals are going to be the first team to cover against these Atlanta Falcons. No take backs. Yeah, maybe they do. Maybe they do. Maybe, maybe this is the team that finally does it. I mean, it should be, should be knock on wood. I think it should be pretty, pretty enjoyable football game. I think it'll be an enjoyable football game for the Bengals, but I, I mean, look, I do have respect for the, I know the Falcons defense hasn't been amazing, but they just held the, the 49ers to 14. They held the bucks to like, uh, I think it was 21. I'm going to look that up real quick. Uh, but I, 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 don't real. For, I don't believe in the bucks. I I'm still there. Yeah. They held the Buccaneers to 21 points. They held the 49ers to 14 points. I know they've had some games where they just get killed. They did a good job against the Browns too. I think that defensive coordinator, Dean Pease, uh, he's a good, good defensive coordinator. He's been around forever. He started as a defensive coordinator in 1979. So this is, yeah, he's going. He's like forty-three years into this. So we weren't thought of in that during his. I know he has seen everything. So I think he has a plan for everything. I don't know. I think that he does a good job making this defense play above its weight class at times. So there is that to it. I I'm picking thirty points though, just because I think that. Personally, I think that Joe and Jamar and the run game have all found a good groove, rhythm, whatever. They're kind of heating up. And this is where I think where it becomes difficult if you don't have the horses to stop this team from scoring 30. Let me ask you this bonus question. Do you think the defense gives up a second half touchdown? <laughs> nice. Um, well, I have the Falcons score at 27, so I would think. <laughs> I yeah, guess who makes halftime adjustments? Who makes great halftime adjustments? I'm going to say they do give up the second half touchdown to the Falcons. And that's going to – this they'll be shocking, though, because it's like they didn't do it to the Ravens. They didn't give one up to all these other teams, but then the Falcons score one on them. But that's kind of this Falcons team, right? Like they're the oh. team that's like uh, the – 
oh, we haven't done this all year. And the Falcons are like, we did now. <laughs> no, look, we were able to do it. I don't know. Is this the week that Kyle Pitts gets going? That's the question. He's he's like done nothing all year, and I think he's supremely talented. Do you think he gets anything going this week? No. I think it's his um, friend on the on the other team. I truly do. Hayden Hurst says, yeah. Yeah. I knew you oh, yeah. Kyle okay, Pitts. that's a great one. Hayden Hurst or Kyle Pitts, who gets more yards this game? I'll go Hayden. I'll go Hayden. I think Joe, I think Joe plays into this game as a game from your former team. And not that Hayden has like all this dislike for the Atlanta Falcons. I think him and Kyle Pitts are pretty close. They obviously played in the same position group last year, but at the same time, we'll make it fun. I'll say Hayden Hurst because I don't think a lot of people would say that, but at the same time, Kyle Pitts hasn't been absolutely incredible this season. So crazy though. He had such a good rookie year and I thought he was he awesome. Did. There were people that wanted the Bengals to draft him over uh, Jamar. It wasn't even a question because they couldn't. But uh, I, know, yeah. I know, I know, I know that couldn't happen. But like they wanted him to. They were like, yeah, yeah. I wanted to happen. Didn't you want Atlanta to draft Kyle Pitts so you didn't have to hear that conversation of who they should take? Because I don't think it was ever a question they were ever going to take Kyle Pitts. To be completely honest. Yeah, um, I was hoping Atlanta took one of the. I when I when I did that, I had all three Sewell, Pitts, and Chase as like cream of the crop type prospects, like. I would take these guys top five, no question. And uh, I guess Pitts is the one that looks like the odd man out right now, but he's he, he felt so good last year. That's why it's like surprising because tight ends usually take a minute to catch on, but he stole the starting job. He had like a bunch of yards. He had a really good season other than the touchdowns. And then this year he hasn't done anything. So uh, I don't know. Uh, I would have still, I mean, look, I it feels like I'm like one of those, you know, you're not supposed to talk about it. I was a Sewell guy, so I Ooh. I know I, I was Ooh. a Sewell guy. That's I thought it was hard. I, I think it's yeah, I've I've been admitting I'm wrong since yeah. like week two of the season, you know. But I was a Sewell I guy. I, I, I thought it was I thought it was hard to find a Sewell type. Now it's hard to find a Jamar Chase too, but just a guy that's like six five, three hundred and thirty pounds that moves like that just feels like a unicorn to me. Um, well, I guess Jamar Chase, on the other hand, turned out to be a unicorn himself. Well, I, I agree with where you're coming from. I kind of felt like pre-draft, all of that stuff. I said Jamar Chase because I felt like he was just going to change this offense. And obviously having the Joe Burrow connection would just be so cool to watch. Can't believe that they got the guys from 2019 on this squad, which is just unbelievable to think about, even when you see LSU football with the social media clips uh, and the LSU jerseys and even Joe Burrow walking into the game and, and Jamar's jersey. Uh, it's hard to have that chemistry and relationship and to imagine them being on the same team as T. Higgins and then you had Tyler Boyd is, is pretty incredible. And I think a lot of other teams in the NFL are trying to get that same roster when you think at wide receivers and playmakers. But I don't think Cincinnati's ever been a, uh, and no offense to Tyler Reifert because he got injured a lot. They've never really valued the tight end position. So I never really thought he was going to be a guy that they would draft. I, I thought definitely was going to be a wide receiver. Especially yeah, especially because you can it's it's easy with the Bengals to trace back what they like because they've had the same de facto GM for like 20 plus years. So if they're not they drafted I guess they drafted Gresham early though. Yeah, Even that's though they can't have really. Uh, yeah. but they I think they value a little bit that Compens is not not a huge blocker. And I feel like if they were gonna draft a tight end, it would be a guy that could block and get out on routes. And that is really hard to find. I can't believe I forgot about Jermaine. That's my bad. Sorry, Bengals Nation. 
forgot. Although about him. they drafted Eifert like two years after they drafted Gresham too. Okay, I No, the it's fine. Team. I agree with you that I don't think they value it that much. But I'm just thinking back. I'm like, I guess for like two years they were like, we need a tight end. Why well, you got to get the receipts out? Why well, you got to do that? You don't have to look back. We look ahead, even though we were talking about the 2021 draft. But well, have they ever drafted another tight end that high? It was just like two two years out of three that they were just like, we got to get a tight end, guys. So so is this game the Hayden Hurst versus Kyle Pitts, or is it the Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase game? 2021, first round. If pick. you're going to ask me if Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase looks better, that's an easy one. <laughs> I think Jamar Chase is going to look better. Uh, I mean, there's a chance, I guess, Kyle Pitts like completely blows up, but he'd have to have a career best game. I like fake storylines. So we're going with um, Hayden Hurst versus Kyle Pitts game. Revenge are there, game. Are there any former Bengals on the Falcons? Because I don't think there are. Not off the top of my no, head. I don't no. think so. I don't think so. Sadu's no, gone. Um, yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> they got no revenge people. We, we've got Hayden Hurst running revenge for us. So I am with you that I think Hayden Hurst has uh, more yards than Kyle Pitts. Hayden Hurst is going to do it. He's going to find the end zone at least once. And uh, I think it's either going to be Tyler Boyd T. Higgins game. But <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I like to say and or because it, if it's one of them, I was like, look, I was right. Told you that guy was going to be good. I named three guys that were going to have a good yeah. game. <laughs> so. You know I, I, Yeah. And I, I think that. <laughs> It's going to be Jamar Chase because I didn't mention be, him. Yeah, you, you didn't mention T either, did you? It's going to be Samaj P. Ryan. It's a P. Ryan game? Yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it's a Eli Apple game. Every game's an Eli Apple game, right? We're having too much fun. I want them to keep winning because it's it's better to laugh. Chris Evans game, 100%. Nick, you're man. just like one of the fans. You are. Are you trying to get Twitter excited? Because that's what they want. I think I think that you're you are now their favorite uh, member of this podcast by he mentioning really this being a Chris Evans game. I'll beat you. I'll beat him with this. It's a Dax Hill game. Dax Hill. How many snaps? <laughs> Ten. Ten. All right. Yep. He ups it a little. I got bit. like five in my mind. I think they'll I think they'll get five out of them. All right, you'll be home counting it. I'm actually going to go to the game and watch it in the stand. So um, if you want to count for me, tweet me when you you know the number because I'm not going to keep track of it. I have no worries that Paul Danner will post the number the next day. Oh, he'll post it right after the game. I know. So I'll, I'll be fine. I'm not going to count. I'm, I'm bad tracker. about that. Dax Hill Tracker, this podcast is obviously just right off the rails right now. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. After the game Sunday, 1 o'clock game, the best kickoff in the entire world is 1 p.m. Well, the podcast later that night for your Monday morning commute. Make sure you're following along. Bengals underscore Sands at LNDS Patterson. I know you have plenty on all Bengals this week. What is up there? Just wait until my takeaways after the game. Cool. Wow. Those um, great teas. Make sure everybody checks that out. Hopefully they're good. Yeah. <laughs> if it's good, make sure you click on it. That would be great. Click on it. <laughs> Don't read it, but if it's good, maybe read it. Click on it, exit out, refresh, click on it, exit out, no matter what. If you're a fan of Bengals underscore Sandy, you'll click on the article no matter what. Thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. We'll be back after the game on Sunday.